Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to episode 18 of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without Moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions coming to you with hopes and dreams of a return to travel for himself and others in summer 2022. We would like to thank you for giving us a bit of your time today and truly hope this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one no matter how it may seem at this moment. It is Tom and I's belief that we could all use a beacon like this in our lives to help guide us during these times, and our hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning Lost Without listener, thank you again for coming once again. Hey, let's start today's show on Takahama and lodging in Japan with some positive mental imagery, and let's imagine that today is the day for your trip to Japan. As you arrive for your flight to Japan today, remember the left lane is for loading and unloading only, and double check you have your luggage, passport, and phone with you as you get out of the Lost Without Japan rideshare. You've made it. Today is the day you leave for Japan. As you go through the doors of TKIC International Airport, Go ahead and take a few deep breaths and come along with your tour guide as we will get you on your way for either your first trip to Japan or your return trip to Japan so you can make your own Lost Without moments. As we go through the security checkpoint today, remember to keep myself or HR Director Tom in your sights. Remember, you could always reach out to us anytime through this process by reaching out at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or lostwithoutjapan on Instagram. Before we get, make it to our gate today, Tom, how are you doing, my friend, uh, after celebrating your birthday recently? Mike, first of all, thank you for having me back on the show and the podcast. Really appreciate it. So first of all, in, in Naperville, Illinois, spring has sprung. Today it's 80 degrees uh, the activity outside is amazing. People are out and about bike riding, uh, heading to our downtown, whatnot. Uh, the other big milestone for me this uh, week is I hit 50, which is uh, half a century. So uh, I'm making a, a good 10-year plan, and uh, travel is going to be a major part of it. Sounds like a amazing thing to do You know, with that time. Uh, I know you've talked a couple couple of trips or things that you had in mind uh, for yourself. Uh, you want to share any of those as far as like what you were thinking as far as trips for you? Yeah, I've got a couple already in play. So my sons are active Boy Scouts. Um, they are heading to Sea Base in July, which is a Florida Key. So I'll be joining them as an adult supervisor. Uh, and then later on, we don't have the kids for our Thanksgiving week because my wife and I, we are... Uh, remarried and so they're with their other parents for that thanksgiving week so we're trying to think of something we're trying to where what can we do for for five to seven days we're looking at uh potentially something going big like uh like a hawaii or something like that 
uh, or someplace we've never even been before. I say all of that sounds like a, an amazing time. My son and I, um, you know, kind of like an early celebration to your birthday uh, without inviting you, of course. Uh, we decided to go to our first Cubs game of the year. And um, nice. I, I think that karma came back for not inviting you, Tom, because we got rained on constantly uh, through that game. The The good news is we had amazing seats. Yeah. Uh, they were $25 each with fees through um, like a resale site. Mm -hmm. And those tickets are like a normally $125. Oh, that's a great deal. But there's nothing colder than Wrigley Field in April and May. <laughs> there's, there's really not. Uh, last year, we were we were super lucky. Uh, every time we went, the weather got nice. It was, you know, like 60s, 70s, just nice weather to go catch a ball game. Uh, this year, uh, zero for one. But we're going to look to go again, I think, in uh, two, week, two weeks. Uh, the Dodgers are coming to town. Oh, that'd be a good one. If the tickets stay as low as what they have yeah. been, I'm like, why not go spend yeah, some keep time? Keep me in mind. Us? You know, let me know when you guys are heading out there. White Sox are hot, so that's another one that you could potentially go to. Uh, you can always get pretty good seats there. My 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 son and I we're uh, we're open to any and all baseball. So like, if there's a uh, ballpark somewhere, uh, we'll go. We'll have to talk about Japanese baseball one of these days. That'll work. That'll work. Well, now we caught up a little bit. Uh, let's check in on our listeners, Tom, and see how their travel prep is coming along. Yeah, so how's your dreams come true saving account going? Uh, maybe you're thinking about a side hustle. Uh, I've got an example. I've got a, a friend who buys and sells Star Wars memorabilia and was able to afford his honeymoon through that process. Hopefully you are seeing this begin to grow or you've forgotten about it happening at all and are pleasantly surprised at the progress. Remember, no amount of saving is too small. All that matters is that we are either taking that first step or we're continuing to move forward together. Feel free to take advantage of your travel planner or your HR director at any time for support uh, through email or Instagram or just so we can celebrate your success together. What are you looking to purchase next? Well, Tom, I uh, have started looking and uh, got past the looking point uh, this year to replace a pair of sunglasses that I thought I lost. Ended up finding them eventually because in uh, Chicago land area, being that it is April, we can go from snow to heat to rain to snow, and it's just all within the same day. I found them in one of my uh, pairs of coats that I keep at school for myself. But that being said, I still looked to uh, replace them because uh, what I did last time I got back from Japan, I rather than putting these sunglasses that I have for vacation back inside my travel door with everything else, I uh, didn't. And I kept mm -hmm. on using them from 2019 on. And for some reason, that's when you use them daily, uh, it puts on a lot of wear. So I did buy a new pair that I found on eBay uh, that will work for uh, fishing with my dad and my son or just for vacationing in general. So that's great. After I like opened up the box to make sure that they weren't damaged, they're in my travel drawer not to be used except on vacation. So uh, how about you? Good. Yeah, that's great. I mean, Chicago is a must have sunglass state. And, and here's why I, it was reminded me the other day I had to go to downtown Chicago for a conference and rather than take the train i drove in because i had the materials for our conference and you know we're unique because when you drive east towards chicago you hit that morning sun and it's right at your eye level 
And when the conference is over at 5.30 at night and you're driving back west again, guess where that sun is? Right in your sight line again. But, you know, hats off to you. Uh, I have the opposite situation. I tend to uh, lose, drop, uh, forget at restaurants, um, break my sunglasses frequently. I, I have a, a favorite pair uh, sort of saved in Amazon so that when, when I go through a, a pair, I could just order another one. <laughs> you know, Tom, I'm going to have to get that from you. We'll include that in our uh, travel recommendations. If it's good enough for you, it's got to be good enough for someone you know else out there as well. So with that, remember to take advantage of the show's link to our recommendations for items to purchase for your trip to Japan. I'm truly thankful for the interactions and recommendations that I've been lucky enough to share with all of you these last few months. It's been so much fun to see our community continue to grow. And it was just a blast having David uh, join your last episode, Mike. It was for sure. And um, it was just good to have someone else on. I know I've talked to a couple other people that you and I might have on together here in the future, especially um, Brianna and a couple others, where once they make that first trip to Japan, it'd be nice to talk to them before they go. And then just have a follow-up interview once they're back and just kind of do both of them, you know, together in one. So looking forward to it. Um, You know, with everybody that's here, congrats uh, at making it through, uh, finding our correct gate for your trip. As we wait to board our plane today, let's move on to today's show topic about lodging in Japan, part three. And we're going to talk about the Minshuku. Tom, Minshuku are one type of lodging that I am really going to look to take advantage of on my next trip that is after my uh, visit with my son because a lot of these are located in um, like smaller Japanese uh, towns and things like that and they're where a lot of people go to get away um, they're very they're they're family operated uh, they are a bed and breakfast basically what we would experience you know here and they really give you a chance to interact and have a totally different Japanese experience and Um, I've been talking recently with someone that I'm going to be interviewing on the upcoming week. And um, he was saying that like he one of the things that he was going to be asking in general is just like, please take advantage of these because uh, these are the the families or businesses that are being hit the hardest right now with that downturn of, you know, COVID and not being able to travel and do those things. So uh, it's it's going to be an amazing time if you do go. And it's just one of those things you can't find necessarily everywhere. Um, They're definitely more rural areas. They're located around ski resorts, hot spring resorts. um, And they're really like what you would consider a local Japanese tourist destination. So if you were, you know, someone from Japan and you're looking to go somewhere, this is where you're looking to go to. Um, You can expect to spend anywhere from 4,000 to 12,000 yen or 40 to $120 a night. Um, some locations may even provide one or two meals along with some basic amenities, such as like a a small TV, a heater, uh, hot water for tea, a futon, uh, you know, for, for yourself, uh, some towels. Uh, but it's, again, one of those things where you need to look at those reviews just to make sure that they come with some. Because some um, may or may not have Wi-Fi. Uh, they may or may not have AC. And they may or may not have uh, locks on your doors. And that's, I think, for if you haven't traveled overseas or traveled to different places, things that you wouldn't normally expect uh, to have to look into. But definitely one thing I would recommend. Uh, But one different uh, thing between this type of lodging and the Ryokin that we had talked about 
is that you're kind of uh, can end up being responsible for setting up your futon and putting it away at the end of your stay, um, kind of collecting sheets and things like that. And I, I would very much recommend, uh, like if you go, just bring your own slippers. That way you have something that uh, you can use on the tatami style floors and it's something you can make sure to fit in. Um, and if you do uh, end up in a location where you're sharing your bathing area with guests and other things, um, you, you could have uh, like a communal area to where you're having all of your food served together. So it's kind of a cool experience to where like you could talk with other people that are traveling or just talking with the family that runs uh, this uh, spot, depending on how busy it is. And um, as long as they have an AC, Tom, <laughs> like this is definitely something I could see at least doing for uh, one night, uh, especially if I get out into one of those uh, lesser traveled areas. I love staying at, at bed and breakfast places. There's so much more chill and relax. And like you said, you're helping out, you know, the mom and pa restaurant or mom and pa uh, businesses in Japan as opposed to a chain type of hotel or, or whatnot. Mike, uh, pensions. Um, or as I call them, pensions, on the other hand, have a lot of things in common with the Manchuki, but their main difference is that your rooms will be more of a Western-style experience for your lodging. They're also more likely to at least offer a computer with some internet access, although that might not be on Wi-Fi. Prices can range from around 6,000 yen to 120,000, or 60 to $120 per night for your stay. Rooms will simply... Uh, Will, will be simply furnished and meals will be more western style themed that will be cooked and seasoned with local ingredients. Most of your pensions will also have shared toilets and bathrooms as well and should end up having basic things such as soap and towels that you will most likely find in the communal area. Uh, I've stayed at a, a pension in Germany called Pension uh, for the Oktoberfest and I must say that you know I felt that the rooms were secure, they were spacious, they came with a really nice breakfast and uh, I would suppose I would describe it as kind of a, a blend of a hotel room with the feel of a bed and breakfast. Sounds like, a, you know, definitely sounds amazing, especially the October uh, Oktoberfest part, Tom. I'm, that's that's going to have to be something. Uh, one of the times you go out for that, I'm going to have to join you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that one of these days. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll transition over to uh, an overnight bus. So if you're really on a tight budget for your trip for both lodging and transportation, Overnight buses could be the solution for your trip. I would still recommend looking into a Japan uh, rail pass, uh, often referred to as a JR pass, that's available for purchase if you live outside of Japan for either 279 for a week or 445 for two weeks. This pass not only gives you free rides on the JR subway lines in Tokyo, but also gives you unlimited Shinkansen or bullet train rides for the trip you're pass is active while you're traveling within Japan. We'll talk about this pass more when we get into transportation in Japan, but the Shinkansen is a wonderful and quick way to get around Japan while allowing you to make the most of your time. Once COVID has finally passed, you should be able to take advantage of another pass for travel in Japan as well. The, J uh, the Japanese bus pass offered through WillerExpress.com is a great option for combining your lodging and travel for three days at 12,800 yen or $128, or for five days for around 15,000 yen or $150. You can travel any of the routes they offer both ways at once, so you cannot go from Tokyo to Hiroshima and then go in the same direction again four days later. 
your return trip from Hiroshima uh, to Tokyo to, or like to Osaka, Tokyo yeah. or somewhere else would totally be an option for you though. Routes for these buses will be most uh, affordable among the most popular routes, such as Tokyo to Kyoto or Tokyo to Osaka, with a price jump for less traveled routes. Single trips or routes can be as low as three yen or, or uh, 300 yen or $30 one way, with the cheapest options being just a bus seat to some more expensive option offering kind of a, a private compartment for your trip trip to get you some privacy. From what I've heard from those that have taken advantage of this type of transportation, though it is that though it is that your space can be pretty limited, and that much like the capsule or hostile hostile stays we have talked about before, your privacy is limited, and earplugs is a strong recommendation <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Overnight buses are a very reasonable option, though if you find yourself wanting to visit a location after your JRL bus uh, pass expires. Uh, if it's the difference, though, from having experience you might have missed otherwise, however, it may be worth it for you despite the potential drawbacks you might encounter. We're going to bring our talk on lodging options to Japan to an end today, but before that, I do have a little bit of a story. I took one of these overnight buses one time uh, from Krakow, Poland, back to Munich. Uh, I was married to my first wife at the time, who was Polish, and her mom recommended to take this, uh, this uh, almost... 14-hour bus that was all night long to to Munich. Um, I had just been married maybe six months at the time, and uh, she said it's the least expensive route to go. So uh, back to the earplugs are necessary. The people behind us were talking, you know, all night long in Polish and ruffling something. And since uh, my wife could speak it fluently, I asked what they were talking about. And they were talking about this box of chocolate that they had, and they were just going into a delightful review of all the different chocolates they had at an extremely <laughs> high volume. And so when we get back to Munich, the person that uh, we were visiting said, why didn't you fly? There is a price war going on. You could have flown here for about $18. So anyway, those earplugs, in my mind, totally mandatory. Oh, that's that's like you get these uh, reviews before YouTube was a thing of just like uh, all these chocolates. I mean, at least hopefully you got something to. You I, know, I kind of wanted a piece after they <laughs> talked about it for about six hours. Oh, so we're going to transition over a little bit and give you some actual physical examples um, for your stay. And with over 180 reviews, Tom, I found Minshuku uh, Takazawa which allows for you to experience not only like a truly wonderful stay, uh, but they also kind of offer a service that I've, you know, not familiar with. Again, most of my stays have been uh, in more well-known locations. So as I vary out, I'm sure this is going to become more par for the course, but they actually provide transportation uh, for you to uh, like local mountain climbing areas for only $30 uh per you know your person to, they give you the ride that's there and then they'll also give you like a, a rice ball or some sort of small snack too for your hiking time that's great um, their websites and uh, has an english button which makes me feel whenever i see that i'm like yes they're probably a little more comfortable uh with travelers from overseas uh, one other thing is like you'd need to have your own car or take a uh, bus from the train station to get there though uh, from what i was seeing it's just everything outside of takayama that's just proper the, all these different things you're going to want to do uh, you're going to have to take uh, either taxis 
as uh, or something else. So just something to think about. Uh, look in that Google uh, Google Maps and try to figure out what you want to do to get there before you end up there and try to figure it out on your own. Uh, but there are some reviews that uh, that say that they offer wonderful vegetarian food. Uh, they also, uh, some of the rooms uh, may have fridges or had fridges at one point, uh, but there was some fridges that were in a common area as well, but they are small. Uh, that might uh, have to add a Sharpie maybe, Tom, into our list of recommended travel things. That way you could put your name or something on those drinks if it's a common area uh, for it. Uh, some of you may want to also think about bringing your own food uh, from out of town because some reviewers said that the dinner was a bit expensive. Um, but if you're going to do this, Tom, it's really like you're going to do this for a night or two mm-hmm. and you're going to be experiencing like a, a, a big old meal, uh, kind of like Thanksgiving. You're you're getting A5 steak, you're getting local uh, fish, you're getting local things that are here. So you're spent, you're spending a decent amount of money, but you're also receiving like quite a bit of an experience for it. And if you're only doing one night, um, that's here. They also offer an onsen, uh, one thing that you need to book in advance, uh, but it's 30 minutes at a time. Uh, But you are going to need to bring your own toiletries like body wash and things for your hair. Um, As it doesn't look like this, uh, like this location provides that for you. And one important bit of information for your stay, there's no credit card uh, use. So everything has to be paid with yen. Uh, you can't use your traveler's checks. You can't use dollars, can't use pounds. It has to be paid for in uh, yen. So one you know, other thing is just as we've said numerous times, I think we need a t-shirt, Tom. One of our first t-shirts might be just bring your own towel. Uh, and in this, <laughs> you know, like, you know, lots of the, like, like uh, and then uh, also you might want to add on bring your own hand towel. Um, as I've said before, it's nice to be able to cover yourself uh, as you're getting in and out of things and having your own talus here. Um, I'm pretty sure, Tom, is going to be something I add uh, to my uh, my drawer uh, that I have. It's here. And there are countless hiking and climbing options in the area, which could really, at the end of the day, provide a very unique experience for your, your stay. Yeah, we're going to cover a couple of those in just a minute. But first, the Pension Hanamatai. The beautiful scenery is accented by the outside, all wooden exterior of this pension. One of the nice options offered by this pension is the choice of either a Western or Japanese style meal with the option of enjoying your breakfast outside as well. They also have both an outdoor or indoor onsen option as well that look to be available to be reserved 24 hours a day. Both locations we have talked about so far talk of a sulfur smell in each onsan, but this lodging in particular seems to talk of a very strong smell that hits you the moment you open the door to the onsen. The cook for this establishment apparently had over 10 years of experience as a chef prior to starting to cook for this establishment. You have the option of either keeping with your favorite dish each time you visit or look to try something new each time as well. When I looked a book from one of the outside sites listed, I was unable to reserve uh, a room at this time. At the time of this recording, the only option was to book through their own site. One important thing to note is that the price will be separate for each adult and child, regardless of including a meal or not for your stay. For two adults for one night with a meal in June, I was quoted 21,300 yen or $213 for the stay before tax. That also included 
uh, to 150 yen fees for onsan use. You're truly one with nature during your stay as you are surrounded by trees and mountains everywhere. I saw in the pictures that showed outside views of this establishment. Meals could include grilled or sashimi rockfish or grilled roasted or sushi style. If you're looking for a special made order or bespoke meal for your stay that would require you setting this up for would would require you setting this up in advance. Otherwise, your choices are only what is offered for each meal. And that really, at the end of the day, is Japan as uh, to a T. Uh, like the chefs like take so much uh, pride in what they're doing. It's really like that's your menu, and it's not like here where you can go in and say, "Hey, um, how's your club?" You know. <laughs> so I mean, I've had meals on vacation where I'm not afraid to admit that I'd like to have that meal again the second night, but you're also on vacation, so let's try something different, you know, from from time to time too. For sure. And one of the things we have as far as a place to eat as well, um, eating, uh, going to combine my two favorite things, Tom, curry and coffee. So there's Jackson curry and coffee. And I got to say, it's not one of those things I'd expect to see um, the reviews high for both. Usually if you, at least for my opinion, it's like uh, if you find a place that does multiple things, it's one thing that stands out. Mm-hmm. And this though, they really... Um, seem to have uh like super high reviews for their their coffee super high reviews for their co- their curry and it just looks like uh they open for lunch uh around 11 30 to 2 30 and then they'll close and reopen again for dinner from 5 30 uh, p.m to 9 30 p.m and one super nice thing about this restaurant is it's a super close proximity to takayama station is it only looks to be about three uh, streets away. Their main curry looks to be a combination of um, pork uh, and various regional vegetables. And it's, uh, you know, not the only one they offer though. And a lot of times if you go to chains or something like that, you might have like the addition of cheese or the addition of like some sort of garlic or things. But this, they really seem to be kind of creating their own. And one of the curry dishes they had, uh, had potatoes, seaweed, boiled carrots and their pricing for these dishes ranged from a thousand to like two thousand yen or ten to twenty dollars uh but it really looked like the from the pictures that i saw that you're really given a reasonable amount of food and more than what you would expect to get like if you normally go to a standard curry shop and you could even decide on the amount of uh rice that comes with your meal just, uh, Tom, as I said, before, like brush, brush up on your metric measurements uh, so you don't make, uh, you know, the mistake of ordering 500 grams of rice for yourself, which is like a little over a pound of rice before it's cooked. That'll fill you up. <laughs> it really did. And, uh, you know, the one thing was um, that I saw, too, is there's no English menu, uh, but many of the reviews mentioned that staff was able to tell you uh, in English or broken English what is on the menu. And while you're eating, um, you're also going to get to enjoy uh, some rock music, jazz music. And one thing that I did notice from a couple different people is that the establishment doesn't like people taking pictures of their uh, menu and staff or like, you know, possibly establishment. So it may not hurt if you want to take a picture of your food, um, which I did see pictures of food that were there. You might want to just ask the staff. And I realize. 
we don't speak Japanese or they may not speak English, but anywhere you go in the world, that universal uh, picture sign up with your hands uh, seems to work for me all the time. And if you get uh, them holding up an X with their arms in front of you, um, that is a no. Uh, that's a no-go. Not uh, Please don't pass go. Please don't collect your $200. Um, but really, uh, don't be offended. It's not because you're a tourist. It's not because uh, you're not Japanese. But really, in Japan, people go out of their way to respect other people when they're taking their pictures and anything so that other people aren't appearing in pictures. And it's just a huge deal there. Um, you know, just totally different. And now uh, that we've got you at least a couple places to look at to where you could probably consume enough calories for, well, multiple people, I think now is a, a good a time as any to talk about some activities to help burn those calories while we're all enjoying Takayama. And Tom, I found uh, one place I was super excited about, which was Utsi 40, like it's 48 waterfalls. Wow. And this hiking site seemed to be made like truly like something for me. Because if I think hiking, Tom, I think lots of physical ex exertion. And I don't know, like, I, I don't think I've ever shared this, but like I have uh, what's commonly referred to as a uh, baker's cyst, which a lot of teachers have. And so for mm -hmm. me, uh, my knee likes to work some of the times and other times it doesn't, especially when you have to take big steps. So when I read that I could experience a trail that would let me ex experience 13 of these waterfalls um, and do so in a very family friendly, nice pace, uh, not overly taxing one. I'm like, I am so in. And the site that uh, that is for that is the number 48 t-a-k-i.com taki.com so 48taki.com and they have all these different uh camping sites and cabins that could be a hundred dollars per person for a night um or two over 200 for some of them they're looking for they look like you could camp with tents and it looks like they begin to open in early july and they close toward the end of summer and the site looks to offer the ability to rent blankets, uh, mats, a pot, kettle, uh, a mess tin, large iron plates, like camping stoves, just anything that you think you could want along with a even a garbage bag. Uh, the site and areas um, also looks to have a rather large flower uh, area that opens in late May and closes in early August that looks like they're open from like nine to four and the pictures for this large, like what they called like a forest of flowers uh, was super reasonable, $3 per adult, $1 for kids. And the pictures alone are like enough to make me want to ignore my allergies uh, and go for even if just a little bit and see a wide range of just super colorful uh, flowers and just unique things that you wouldn't normally expect to see. Uh, but the, again, the only way to get to this area, if you don't have your car, is to take advantage of a cab or bus. Mike, I, I love moving on vacations. That was great. My wife and I say that there is rust and rest and lotion in motion. Uh, your waterfalls look amazing. Another great hiking destination is the 3,026-meter Mount Norikura. It's about an hour drive from Takayama and is on the south end of Japan's Northern Alps. 
the views and vistas are delightful. You'll want to time your trip for very late spring to early summer to avoid snow closures and to see all the beautiful alpine flowers blooming. At Norikora Skyline, there is a four hectare tatami dara, or plateau with flowers. Hikers can summit Mount Norikora in about three hours with well-maintained trails. Along the way, you'll see 23 other mountain peaks, seven crater lakes, and eight plateau plains. Mount Norikora is a specially preserved national park and is a rich repository of natural resources, especially rare animals and birds. One can book buses or take the rail to get to this beautiful area. From the bus terminal to the apex will take you about three hours, not counting picture time. Take a break at Katanoka Hut, which is about halfway up, for a simple lunch menu or treat yourself with ice cream on your way back down. Towards the apex, the trail does turn into rocks and gravel, so do wear appropriate hiking shoes. At the top, you can visit the mountain hut that sells some drinks and souvenirs. This is a must-do, must-see hike if you have time on your trip. The park is open from May 15th through October 31st, but the earlier and later times you could you go could be impacted by snow. You know, it's like, Tom, uh, it's kind of nice. Like, you have uh, listeners of the show, like I said, like David, that, that reached out to us. And honestly, I, I don't know that this is a city that we would have gotten to any time in, in the remotely, like, near time. It might be, like, season four that we got to, you know, got to this. But I got to say that this is really making me – I already want Japan to open back up. But, like, yeah. this is making me want it even more so. Like, for what you found, what he found, you know, all of us that are here is just uh, – it's great. It truly is just uh, amazing what, you know, it's like one of those things when people are like, hey, how can you keep on going back again and again? And I'm like, this, this is why, because every time you go, there's something you know new. Um, and with that, my friends, uh, we're going to bring a pause to our talk on lodging in the city of Takayama today. Um, we're both uh, looking forward to sharing a new location in Japan with you um, in either episode 20 or 21. We have some ideas. Um, you know, our possible new city is going to be uh, coming up is going to be Kanazawa. Uh, another group of interviews are going to be coming up. We have a gentleman that's going to talk to us about bike rentals in Japan, which I'm super excited to share. Uh, I have another gentleman uh, who's going to be joining uh, the show, I believe, uh, like in the next few weeks. is going to talk about an experience that requires you, Tom, to spend around $10,000 uh, to have said experience. But after looking at those pictures, I was like, I totally get it. Uh, if I win the lotto, uh, I'll be right behind, you know, behind them. With doing it. Uh, but yeah, like we, Tom and I have been talking about our show, show format and other ideas. Um, like I said, we will talk Tokyo. We will talk a different ones we have, but for like episode 19, we're going to go into a little, our first Nomikai uh, for Lost Without Japan and TKIC Studios uh, for the year where we're going to discuss some various Japanese whiskeys, uh, share a little bit more about Tom and myself, uh, possibly regale you with our D&D adventures, um, as well as some random topics on Japan um, that we decide upon, you know, that, that I think are really going to be just kind of a fun experience for you all. And Tom has uh, brought out like an idea of... Um, incorporating like a d20 
into our adventure so that we're kind of rolling to see what we uh, cover. What we uh, talk about next, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's no doubt. And I'm, I've am i been reaching out, Tom, too, for um, other uh, podcasts and things, too, or even uh, David and things. And it would be cool, like that second one that we do, uh, to have either Japan 2.0 with you and myself on and have kind of our own experience or um, deep within Japan um, or just all, all of everybody. Why not have, uh, you know, everyone on having a good time and give them that list of drinks and beverages that we can have and let them add to our things and like see where it goes from there. I, I'm super excited. Yeah, those are some great ideas. I, I like your idea of going to a restaurant, maybe trying something that uh, is a little bit out of our comfort zone and, and seeing what we think. <laughs> No, it's it's going to be uh, so many different uh, fun things for y'all, and I'm truly looking forward to it uh, around that time. And as always, um, I will end up adding a recording time to our show notes that'll take you uh, directly to our city, uh, Takayama Talks. Um, I'm going to add uh, Tom's uh, talked about areas too uh, for his uh, camping adventures and the hikings uh, that we have into those notes as well. And... Um, Really, uh, just want to thank you all for coming along for our time. Like I said, our uh, talks coming up are going to be so many different people. I have people for snow monkey tours. We have people for bikes. We have people for shogun experiences. And there just seems to be so many more coming your way. So hope you'll uh, be understanding if our format kind of goes in a little bit of a flux for a little while and maybe get some more interviews in uh, while we have the option to do that. Because let's just say, like, if we can help out uh, people in Japan with uh, keeping their businesses going, especially when it opens, uh, that's huge. Uh, if you are looking to plan your trip and you are like, Mike, I was really hoping you were going to get to insert city uh, please reach out to me and I will give you some recommendations and things uh, for you so that you can help make your trip. Uh, but I'm going to try to get through as many of these people as possible and do what we can uh, to, to help provide as many different resources to you. So one thing I, I did find out, Tom, was I was listening uh, to another podcast that was out there and they said that uh, they were listening to the founder of uh, Lipson. And that's what our uh, show is hosted through. Mm -hmm. But they said uh, that for Apple Podcasts and others, and Apple right now is our biggest uh, podcast you know, draw to the show. But they said it's not so much that people are giving five-star reviews or taking the time to review. They said that really it's uh, the number of people that you have uh, that are following the show that impacts uh you know how how much you know if somebody types in japan whether or not the show is going to show up so if you could i mean not only are you making sure you're not missing an episode um or our our party uh coming up you know from your time uh but it's also going to help out the show and have more people uh find us so whatever streaming service you're on if you could just make sure you're following us we would greatly appreciate it and like we've said uh, before, follow us on Instagram at Lost Without Japan or visit lostwithoutjapan.lipson.com. And as always, uh, our email is one lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com. And I'd like to say a big thank you again for our sponsor, the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. The super brief advertisement, as always, will go at the end of today's show. And if you could give them a listen 
and check them out. It would be, as always, much appreciated. So it looks like we're ready to land now, Tom. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on today's trip to Japan. Um, on behalf of Lost Without Japan and our entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip. And we look forward to seeing you again on board in two weeks for episode 19. To everyone out there, oh ginky day, stay well, my friends. And our song today, Tom, is just for you. Uh, we're going to have uh, uh, Happy Birthday by Puffy uh, bring us out. So here we go, Tom, one moment, and we're all going to listen to this together. Thanks, Mike.
there we go, Tom. I don't know if you've uh, had the pleasure of a private concert before of, you know, a happy birthday in Japanese being sung to you before. They did a great job. <laughs> Brought a smile to my face. You know, it's a, no, no, no financial, uh, you know, limits uh, when it comes to uh, our HR director and uh, their birthday. So thank you again, everybody. We've had a blast and look forward to bringing even more to you here coming up. Thanks for having me again, Mike. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Turner, with my co-host, Paul Grella, Brian Limper. And when you need a break from planning your upcoming trip or maybe even your first trip to Japan, be sure to come check us out on the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast, your number one source for all things K-Pop related.